But is that meant to be um, the causeway over the Great Salt Lake? It is. It is. Yeah, it's it's an old postcard. I like that a lot. Yes. I wish it was still in service. Yes. <laughs> Seems lame to have like such a cool piece of infrastructure and then just do nothing the, with it. The longest causeway ever built in history when it opened. Wooden causeway. I don't see like why we don't just get rid of it if we're not going to use it anymore because it really screws up the lake. I think, well, they breached it, um, but I think the whole imbalance and salinity drives salt industry. So I think that's the whole reason. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. actually. That's, a, that's not a bad reason. So, yeah, I, I think that's why they do it. But I think they try and balance it out the best they can. Cool. Yeah. I keep seeing excitement over the desert wind. Um, I know. On I there's the fucking on the trip. Yeah, yeah. I still think it's a mistake to not extend it all the way to Portland if you're gonna do that. Don't just have a weird stub end in what? Portland. What? It's not going to Portland. That's useless. Because Portland has not expressed interest in the way that other places have. I don't know. With why why they would have they? bigger fish to fry at the moment? Probably. Yeah, but the funding, the funding's like now and never, isn't it? I know. Can't well, we fry more fish I'll take, thanks to Amtrak? Joe? I'll take Boise. Mm. That's fine. Uh, I'll actually visit Boise if if they make it happen. It's true. You should. It's cool for like a couple days. <laughs> you can enjoy the bus subway. The busway. <laughs> the subway. The subway. The bus. The, the, the bussy hole. <laughs> <laughs> You like that? No. <laughs> I, I was gonna I was gonna do a parody spoof of our logo. Instead of the red line, it's the Coke line. <laughs> <laughs> do it. So I might do be doing it, that do tonight. Do it, do it. Do I'm it. open to the Coke line. We need podcast. like a Twitter a Twitter uh, logo rotation. Well we have a Christmas one. Okay, when well, we don't have a Coke one yet. Well we're gonna have one tonight. We're <laughs> gonna have one now. Okay. Why well, in five Never mind. Live in five, four, three. Welcome to the internet. Live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah, this is the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, 23 Amtrak episodes in a row, and these are my co-hosts. Kyle, I like trains. Holland and... Alex likes appropriately sized trains that can fit into the siding filter. UTA's new quote-unquote... BRT project, OGX, is opening next month. So today we're discussing the history of transit in Ogden, Utah. All this after the news. Yeah, at least we can have something happy to talk about. Oh, Other than OGX. <laughs> i.e. the history. The original connector? No, the history. Oh. The trolleys? Uh, it's not too history happy, honestly. Uh. After over a decade of work, LA Metro's regional connector is finally open. The 1.9 miles of new track through downtown LA will allow trains from the A and E lines, which previously terminated at Metro Center, to run through downtown onto the previous route of the L line. Trains are expected to run every 8 minutes on both lines during rush hours and every 10 minutes during off hours, as well as every 20 minutes early in the morning and late at night. Whoa, they're running service in their tunnel? Interesting. Could not be San Francisco. What are you talking about? They have a train every 90 seconds. No, the new tunnel. Oh, yeah, that has a train every 10 minutes. 
the, the uh, yeah, not great. Um, <laughs> the newly expanded A line is also now the single longest light rail line in the world, and it takes about two hours to traverse its nearly fifty mile length. I saw that. That's a pretty yeah. decent average speed for light rail. Twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting longer. Based. It's going to be like 60 miles by the end of the decade. Utah is just uncompetitive here, and we have so we much potential. Could, we could win this if we did the South Davis extension to the Blue Line and the uh, Central extension. Corridor, yeah, the Orem extension to the Blue Line. We could have the longest light rail line in the world, Yeah, but we are choosing not to, and I think that is a disgrace. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, other fun facts about the regional connector. It cost, guess what, $1.9 billion since we're doing billion-dollar mile subway construction in this country now. How many dollars mm. is that a foot? It doesn't matter too much. Like 50000 Um, 190000 Oh, great. $190,000 <laughs> per foot. Uh, that is also $16,000 per inch. Yeah. Great job. Hmm. That's very um, helpful. Also, because whoever planned it is stupid, um, it has <laughs> operational issues built in because there's a flat junction between the two lines at the end where they have conflicting movements. Wait, so they spent a billion dollar a mile, a billion dollars a mile on this project, and, and there were no fly underground over. flying junctions. Yes. Every subway has underground flying junctions. They have a flat junction, and you just have conflicting movements for every single train movement. Which is what great. is this? A surface light rail corridor that was built for $35 million a mile? I don't think so. So anyway, that's not great. And also, uh, they replaced the really nice looking like teal blue color of the E-line with the ugly yellow color of the L-line, and I am not pleased with that. So that's my gripe. Big upset. Yeah, big upset. Yeah. And rest in peace, the L-line. You will be missed. You will be back someday. And that's all I got. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I heard some news this morning. What did oh. you hear? Um, it's not good news. Uh-oh. Uh, Utah is the third highest state in the nation for underage fatalities in cars. Woohoo! Yeah. I have a feeling it has something to do with. You can find a driver's license in a cereal box in this state. <laughs> uh, this is true. When I got true. like my like Utah driver's license after I switched over from Idaho's license, the test was open book. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a Which shame. I thought it was very funny. You don't have to give. I feel like you should have to have like a perfect score to drive. I I don't know. What do you mean? A f- a two-ton piece of machinery that can kill a lot of people. I, I also think they should teach you how to use roundabouts, which they didn't that for me. That would be great. They didn't teach me either. And teach you to let the bus out. Yeah, yeah I really wish they'd let. <laughs> Dude, my driver's ed did not take me on the freeway. Period. Not once. Not once. Wait. There was no training for that during the required instructor hours, and there was no like Bruh. other requirement. Yeah, that I, at I all. don't think mine did either. But we did drive up Emigration Canyon. Wow. How do? You, how do you, you don't How? drive around here without going on the freeway. You, There's th- no point. There are like 10 freeways here. They go everywhere. If you are, live in Utah and you're using a car for personal transportation you and you don't go on the freeway, freeway. If you live in northern Utah. 
Okay. And if you don't go on the free, the, the, and then you don't go the freeway, then you just go buy an e-bike. I, I still have friends that are scared to drive on the freeway. Fair. I mean, it's yeah. scary. It's, it's like 40 scary. billion lanes wide. You make any like mistake, Murray you're going to kill Lake. like 10 people. Or one, because you, oh, well, yeah, because 10 different cars. And UDOT yeah. does like really narrow lanes for a freeway, really? surprisingly. Yeah. Like, well, I go back right. to Boise and I'm like, wow, this is much less stressful to drive on because the lanes are more wider in the freeway. Yeah. So. Mm. I know, I'm used to driving on the freeway. Because there's no transit to Logan. Yeah, when no, are we getting there's a no train to Logan. Base tunnel under 31. <laughs> Nine mile base tunnel to Logan. If the Swiss can do it, we can do it too. USA number one, etc. Base tunnels are like not actually that expensive. No, because they're simple. You just, you just, there's no utility. Point it, you go. Yeah. Mm. Well, I also found out that Sardine Canyon doesn't go through Sardine Canyon. The highway. Everyone yeah. calls sardine. Why not? Because the old sardine went through sardine and the new sardine Does doesn't. Because it's better. Oh. Because, yeah, make it is it wider, flatter, and straighter. Yep. No, I wouldn't call that thing flatter. Well, yeah. Flatter. Oh. As flat as you can get. Dude, I drove through that thing in the middle of a snowstorm one mm-hmm. time, and that is still one of my most terrifying the, driving experiences. The fact that there's no escape from Logan other than driving through that canyon well, you is... Well, really you can go the really long way. You can go the north way, but that's still not much better. To be honest, like... It'd be hilarious that we just did, like, a base tunnel. Or yeah, just a car-based tunnel. A based tunnel? Now that's how you make a base tunnel. Now that tunnel would expensive. be a based tunnel. <laughs> I'm canceling you. Okay, well... Anyway, this has been the news and assorted ramblings. As always. Yep. So, context time. Uh, Ogden is the northernmost of the three sister cities that form the core of the Wasatch Front, which is more formally known as the Ogden-Salt Lake-Provo Combined Statistical Area, a region of about 2.7 million people. We live here, fun fact. Mm, and it's great. Cool. <laughs> no comment. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on from that. Uh, the city itself has a population of about 87,000 people and is the anchor city for a region of about 600,000. Ogden is known for its minor league baseball team, the Raptors, for being the home of Weber State University and for being the closest major town to the Golden Spike, where the two halves of the Transcontinental Railroad were joined in 1869. Oh, yeah, the the Raptors are pretty cool. Is it Stadium, Diamond? Oh, Ballpark. Ballpark. Yeah. Can be a stadium as well. But Lost, walked back, mastered a few times. I don't know. I like think that... Look, I'm mad because the bees are leaving for two reasons. One, because they're leaving, and I don't like that. <laughs> and, t- <laughs> and two, because their stadium has, like, objectively, like, the best view out the back of any minor league stadium in the country. Like, <laughs> if you've ever been into Smith's Ballpark, like, you just look out, it's just, like, mountains. Oh. So it is even, a very nice stadium. So you don't even have to watch as the bees get crushed by whoever they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> so. Go bees. Go bees. Uh, I, I am excited about getting a major league team, though. That's... Oh, we're going to have to do a whole episode on that, and I don't think that we should get it, and I'll explain why. I would like to hear this. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, railroading has always played an important part in Ogden's history, and although Salt Lake City is nicknamed the Crossroads of the West, that is our official city nickname, um, 
Ogden probably has more of a claim to that title, to be honest with you. Being closer to the OG <laughs> crossroads. Was Louisville, USA taken? For Ogden? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> This is very problematic of you, Alex. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I can help myself. I don't even feel that way. I just felt like saying it. <laughs> we can cut that out. No, we're not cutting that out. It's funny. Um, uh, downtown Ogden is very cute. Uh, most local activity. We're ignoring the junction, which is like the gateway, but worse. Or maybe better. I don't know. Probably better because there's shops there that are open. Yeah, but it's smaller, so like the total like aggregate number of shops in the gateway still may be higher. Yeah, but are they nicer? Are they better to be in? I don't know. They both have like a theater and a couple Costa Vitas or something, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but most local activity is concentrated on 25th Street and Washington Boulevard. I personally recommend visiting because there's a lot of interesting stuff to th- see. Uh, unlike every other town in Utah, it's not very Mormon. Uh, so there are like, you know, big Catholic churches and cool stuff <gasps> like that instead of just like, you know, 14 Massachusetts standard LDS churches. <laughs> they also have the train station and they, they take a lot of pride in it. Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool. There's a museum in there mm-hmm. and some stuff. It's got this whole venue. I think it has a flattened penny machine. It does. So. Wow. For all you collectors, you go, can go, go do oh, that. Oh, and you'll be able to go see the last remaining UTA comic car there in a few uh, months. <laughs> hey, why? They, they're putting it in comic there. Comic cars are out of service, but I, I, UTA sold one to the museum. Oh, oh that's brilliant. Wait, I, oh, okay. To preserve because it's an important part of Utah's real history now. That's yeah, cheap. I never got to go on one. They can just haul it up the front. You never run a Comet? I really wish UTA would have done like a last Friday the Comet event where they just did like, I don't know, five Comet cars chained together. Well, take the chain they have in the yard right now and just serve it. Just on to a locomotive. That may not be the best idea. Screw the platforms and the block signals. Sure, Kyle. We're training. Yeah, I wish they'd done something like that. That would have been fun, but that's okay. Uh, also, and I may be called out on this, second best skyline in Utah. Yeah, what like, competition for, for mountains? No, no, no. no. In, in terms of buildings, buildings, like they have a pretty decent, like you know, smaller city skyline. That yeah, that's got pretty good. Salt Lake, obviously. What other competition is there? Like. Sandy's Sandy's developing something of a skyline. It's not very good. We have the Sugar House skyline. That's also developing. That's true. And uh, Provo, obviously, which is kind of pathetic given that their tallest building is like eight stories. But, you know. Like, as much as the other places may have skylines, they're just short. Yeah, but Ogden's is cool. You know, you come over, like, the hill on Front Run and you see this, like, Hey, it's Ogden. There's the municipal building. There's the Cache Valley Bank building. There's the. Um, oh yeah, Ogden. One. Ogden does have like. <laughs> yeah. Ogden does have like old buildings too. Yeah, because it was real the city. second largest city in Utah until very recently. So. Cool. Provo now. Uh no, West Valley City, I think, yeah, or maybe West out. Jordan. Makes sense. Okay. A lot of the Salt Lake City suburbs are really big now, so. In terms of population yeah. Yeah. and space. It's also <laughs> hard to measure because West Valley is such a large land area. It's true. Um, something else that should be noted, Ogden has somewhat of a um, 
putting this politely, rough reputation among folks living in Utah, uh, mostly because deindustrialization has hit it a lot harder than most places in the state. Uh, Ogden has a lot more in common with most Rust Belt cities than it does with other cities in the state. Is that a fair way of putting it? Yeah, I always said that there were gangs. There are. There's a lot higher crime rate than there is in the rest of um, Utah, really. I've never had any issues, though, ever going Well, and you see, because a high crime rate for Utah means like a normal crime rate. (laughs) Utah has kind of an unnaturally low crime rate, even in Salt Lake City. And we're also not in a gang. That helps. Yeah, that really mm. does help. Like, the, the number one way to get yourself targeted in a place that's known for gang killings is being part of a gang, believe it or not. Interesting. Well, that checks out, yeah. 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 And this also means that Ogden's still working on developing, like, a vibrant downtown. Oh, yeah, there's empty lots all over the place. Like, it looks a little bit like, I don't know, downtown Detroit or downtown Cleveland, where there's just a whole bunch of empty space in, like, really prime locations. But, hey, yeah. free parking. There's a lot of that. So... Mm. Because you know, there's not that much just raw volume of stuff. stuff. Yeah. They're still working I on I mean, it. I think it still beats downtown Provo because downtown <laughs> Provo is, to put it, it's pathetic. But um, it's, it's nice, though. It's still nice to be. Yeah. yeah. But the, it's still, you know, it's, it's, it's recovering. It's moving forward is what Ogden is doing. Future location of Blue Line podcast headquarters. Is it really? <laughs> Maybe Logan. <laughs> no way, no. We're Ogden getting our City, we're getting City our two dollars a month, fiftieth uh, floor oh. office space at one market in San oh, yeah, Francisco. Yeah, cool. So, um, Ogden City, City on the Move. <laughs> no, that's Sosa <laughs> Law. I think they've yes. relinquished that title in recent years. Yeah, for Sosa Law. Yeah. Doto Sosa it must suck not living in Sosola. Uh, it really doesn't. I'm a big fan of living downtown, <laughs> to be honest in, with you. In, in uh, Sola? In Doto Sala, yeah. yeah. A brief history of transit in Ogden. Uh, first streetcar lines opened in 1883 and expanded to about 10 miles by the end of the decades. Cool. Decade, not decades. Uh, subsequent expansions and mergers led to the formation of the Ogden, Logan, and Idaho Railway, which operated part of the famous interurban line on which one could travel from far south of Provo, I believe Payson, to Preston, Idaho. On cod, no carp. On fully electrified t- interurban trains. I, I take I'm it you could ignore what you just said. Get to Logan too. You could, yes. Awesome. It's in the Ogden, Logan, and Idaho Railway because we used to just name things after where they went. So we could, for example, call UTA. The no. Provo, Salt Lake, Ogden, and Suburban Railways slash motor coach lines or something. Um, Must have been cool to live in a time where, like, trains were built to take people to destinations. And, like, all the destinations. And not just, like, whatever ones suit the political motives of the time. Cough, cough. Moving on. Point of the mountain extension. Cough. Um... <laughs> Streetcar service continued to to be expanded into the 1920s, spurred on by competition with Simon Bangberger of interurban fame. The Ogden Rapid Transit Company had, at its peak, nearly 20 miles of total trackage, along with the, like, interurban railways to Logan and Salt Lake and all that sort of things. That's cool. cool. Good. For and that's in-city. The size of Logan, like yeah. Significantly more local 
railway than Ogden currently has, and by significantly, I mean infinitely. Oh, what boulevard is that? Hold on, I gotta look this up because there is a place in Ogden where, you, for two walk, two city blocks, the streetcar tracks still exist. Oh, and it cool. is not on Harrison or Washington. It is on. Well, probably because they would have repaved those ones like ever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's on like a residential street with a lot of historical buildings on it. I believe it is Adams Avenue between, um, oh gosh, where is it? No. It is on, yes, Jefferson Avenue between 25th and 27th Street. And so if you want to see like some old streetcar tracks in the flesh, go there. Cool. You can see them on Google Maps too, although it's not like super great. But yeah, it's kind of fun. I was very pleased to find them when I went there. So anyway, you can still see some of them. That's not always super common. And they also unearthed some in the construction for OGX. Oh, oh, When they were tearing out roadway. And then they put in brand new tracks for the new light rail connector. Funny. That will eventually be extended all the way south of Salt Lake. You are very funny. (laughs) You are the funniest man I have ever met in my life. Thank you. Um... All good things must, however, come to an end. And in 1935, all streetcar service was abandoned and replaced with buses. Just kind of like, because the company went bankrupt. Which is yeah, that is, that is how that works. Normal story. It is kind of the standard, you know, streetcar city story. Yeah. yeah. Um, Woohoo, subsidized automobility. Yeah, various companies operated these buses until 1976. Uh, when I say various companies, I mean like literally 10 because there was a collapse every three to five years because you can't <laughs> operate buses on a profit, it turns out. Especially when you're fighting... Highly subsidized automobility, yes. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> uh, but in 1976, UTA bought out Ogden City Lines and other nearby bus companies. Uh, then they rationalized the network. They created the Golden Spike Expe- Express, which you could you know, <laughs> bomb down to Salt Lake City on if you were a you know, 1970s church office building worker or whatever. There you go. <laughs> And uh, that was that until 2008 when Frontrunner opened. Yeah, serving its initial 44-mile segment between Salt Lake City and Ogden. Um, Frontrunner continues to be something of a smashing success. It was very popular. It is still very popular. (laughs) It is currently carrying like 14,000 people a day, which is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's the same capacity as I-80, right? No. I-15, I mean. That's more like 140,000. Uh, no, 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 but the, the same, same capacity ca- currently being used now. We would need more double tracking if we wanted to have that kind of capacity because I think you'd have to run 15-minute service to actually equal the throughput. Okay, it's it's close, though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If Frontrunner just had double tracks, they could, they could do whatever Yeah, you they could just replace I-15 with it. But that being said... <laughs> Uh, especially if you re-added the comets. Yeah, or um, more realistically, you could replace all... Bring fu- them back, you cowards! <laughs> or more realistically, you could pr- replace all future highway construction and expansion in all of wa- De- Waber, the, the Waber and Devis counties. Waber and Devis? Don't hear you. Yeah, that's some communist... Yeah, excuse me for trying to save money and promote Live a better? government that, like, <laughs> spends <laughs> less money. Sponsored by Walmart. Sponsored by Walmart, not really. Um... Drive here. 
Yeah. <laughs> True. There's a parking garage one, even though no uh, one's ever needed to use the upper level of the parking garage. Is it garage. even open? No. It just, uh, it just like, the, triples. The parking the garage on the 13th. ballpark one, yeah. It's open. You can park up there. They never let me in. I want to go park up there now. Oh, I've parked up there. I want to say I parked on the second level of the Walmart The Walmart parking garage, parking garage just, like, it's triples any existing sketch factor. They, they have a specific dedicated uh, car elevator. Cool. To go up to the second story. Wait, so we like you push your car and then it takes your car up and then you add the escalators separately. Wait, so we can use what I call automobility friendly design. Yeah. So we can use cart cart escalators or elevators to accommodate double decker parking garages that nobody uses and makes Walmart feel sketchy, but we can't use them in this bloody state to accommodate multi story grocery stores? Yes. Except Smith's. They don't. No, but they don't they, have. They, they don't have the car. No, they elevator. only have a standard elevator, and you're really not meant to use it. I guess yeah, that's kind car of annoying, escalator. isn't it? It does make it kind of. You can use the regular elevator, though. You, you can, can, but it's not going to be pulling cool. any volume. It's true. It's, it's not. Cool. It's not awesome. It's, it's everything. Um. Yeah, but more importantly for OGX, uh, the success of Front Runner and the many students who were using it to commute to hey. Weber State University with a rather long bus transfer, <laughs> prompted UTA and other local officials to start looking into ways of improving service between Ogden Central, Frontrunners Downtown Ogden Station, and the University. And thus was born the Ogden Streetcar, the subject of our episode today. Wait a minute. Mm. Whoa. UTA building an actual streetcar. Ow! We've been robbed. We have been robbed just a little bit. We have been robbed. Actually, more than a little bit if we're, we're going to get Okay, where would this hypothetical Let's street car... Let's take my heart real quick. Uh, well, you got to understand... street car, unquote, which is really just a tracks line. Where you got to understand that 2008 was smack dab in the middle of the era of massive rail expansion on the Wasatch Front. Yes, it was. UTA had just finished building its first commuter rail line, and ridership was still booming on the less than 10-year-old light rail system, tracks. Uh, the Front Lines project, undertaken you know, later in the next decade, uh, would see trackage operated by UTA nearly double with five new light rail alignments and, the, and a doubling of the total length of Front Runner. And, you know, before it even began, everyone wanted on board. You know, everywhere wanted a new tracks line. We were going to build a tracks line to Utah County. We were going to build a tracks line to Davis County. We were going to build a tracks line directly to your house. Which would have been brilliant, given all the, like, you know, readily available freight corridor that UCA already owned at the time. Interesting. Um, and, you know, Ogden, of course, was no exception. And they're like, wow, that... S-line thing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> we wanted slow, low-capacity train, too. Yes. And so, uh, in 2011, UTA released a draft report stating that either a streetcar... Streetcar? Streetcar? <laughs> streetcar, streetcar. Streetcar, yeah. Streetcar uh, Or a BRT line would be the most viable options for the corridor because there was no readily available right-of-way, so a tracks line wouldn't have made much sense. Even though that's probably what everybody really wanted, but, you know. I mean, looking at the size of some of these streets, they could have just put a tracks <laughs> line in the middle of the street. Well, would it have actually been a street running streetcar? Or probably, it would have been a slide? Probably not. Okay. It would have so just been, it would have been, been a, a single tracks, car. Single car okay. tracks line. Yes. Why not make it a longer tracks line? <sighs> they just know how to crush me. Uh, <laughs> um... And the line, whatever form it would take, would have run along 23rd Street from Ogden Station until it reached Washington Boulevard, 
uh, then turns south and then back to the east on either 25th or 30th Street until it meets up with Harrison Boulevard to go down to Weber State University. Uh, that was going to be the alignment either way, uh, and initially the 30th Street alignment was actually preferred, even though really? it's now shifted to the 25th Street alignment, because nimbyism mostly, because it would have been faster. The 30th Street would have been? Yes. Awesome. I can see that just looking at the map, because it's like big, fast car burr. Mm-hmm. So, um, the streetcar was selected as the desired alternative by both local officials and the city. Understandable. And it, and it looked like there would soon be a second UTA streetcar in operation. Woohoo! Okay, okay, what's, what's the kick? Just what's the catch? Yeah, t- tear my heart out, please. Uh, so by the time that everyone had decided that UTA was going to build a new Ogden streetcar, Frontlines was almost finished, and UTA was entering its get-busted-for-corruption era. (laughs) (laughs) When the state legislature definitely did not execute a coup against UTA leadership and replace it with toadies. Yeah, for, like, the tiniest bit of corruption ever. Okay, not toadies, just, you know, different people. (laughs) For, like, the tiniest bit of corruption ever, they could have just done some, like, ass-slapping. What was the corruption again? It was just giving out contracts, It was something to do with the TOD contract for, I think, Midvale Center Station, where the townhouses are. Just giving it it. And that made them overhaul the entire board. That's it? They're not, like, embezzling buses? Give them an inch, they'll take care. Well, and and a couple of, like, junkets, but that's kind of just par for the course for public agencies. Yeah, the Redline Podcast thinks... That the Corruption state. is good if it does things that I like. <laughs> <laughs> the Redline podcast, excluding this host, um, thinks <laughs> that the state should have just replaced the board members that did bad things. Instead of restructuring it to a three-member board system that wildly uh, that gives like way more power to outlying areas than it should, yeah, I think so as well. <laughs> because, you know... The 1.3 million people of Salt Lake County and uh, have one representative, and the 600,000 people of the Provo and Ogden halves each have their own representative. Did they just make the electoral college for yes. the, the UTA mm-hmm. board? So okay. that the south and north suburbs have an uh, overwhelming amount of power on the UTA board, even though they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, first of all, they pay a lot less than Salt Lake County does. Yeah. Second of all, they write a lot less than Salt Lake County does. Like, Salt Lake County is like 80% of UT ridership, period. And but We love equal representation. <sighs> and all I'm seeing is a UTA user is a UTA board that is, like, much less effective at making smart long-term decisions. Well... Look at it this way. When we had the old board that was maybe slightly corrupt, we were doing massive expansion all the time, and ridership was actively improving, and we have seen stagnation and decline since it was replaced. Yeah. And while that is somewhat due to outside forces... Like uh, money. Well, and also there was a general decline of transit ridership in the United States between 2015 and 2019 of about, like, 5 to 10%. Uh but we didn't have to do that because there were other metro areas that bucked the trend by, get this, massively expanding service, a.k.a. Seattle, a.k.a. And we've never been hit as hard as other places are with, like, construction cost increases. No, so we... we We're fresh out of excuses. We're fresh out of (laughs) excuses, and the board restructuring probably cost us 10 years in terms of uh, further expansion. Which we can't afford because, you know, like... 
because suddenly costs got way more expensive. Like in 2015, the cost snake was not as much of a problem as it is now. And if we had kept building things after Frontlines, we would have a lot more for a lot less money than we currently so have. So many of the cost snake problems can be attributed to just stopping building. Yes. Cost snake blew up. It did grow up. Ah, uh, the higher back. costs of the streetcar suddenly became a big issue, even though... It's not. And I would... Well, it is. But I would like to mention that at every stage, uh, UTA has wildly underestimated the cost of building OGX as a BRT project. So and now that we have that. the actual cost that it actually cost to build OGX, how does that compare to the estimate for the streetcar? As much, in, as much more as favorably. Are. Much more favorably for the streetcar. Well, yes. I mean, Great. the streetcar still costs more, but not like... A game-changing UTA's initial estimate had the streetcar costing about four to five times more. Uh, currently, less than twice as much. At which point the benefits of the streetcar may, easily outweigh may the costs. outweigh the costs, yes. But anyway, um, the state decided that they were going to clamp down on UTA spending any more money. Oh no, <laughs> the tra a transportation agency spending money. We'd better clamp down on UDOT's billion dollar a year capital budget too. And so UTA <laughs> switched to a BRT project even though everyone wanted a streetcar. Because it was, in theory, cheaper. Because it was cheaper. It, it is could've. this when the change to the federal government wanting BRT? That had already happened. The federal government, this was still during the Obama administration, so the federal government liked building streetcars <laughs> and BRT. Okay, so. <laughs> those are the two things the feds liked building. Okay. So the feds would have had our backs on either of those. Probably. Okay, so. It was just cost then. Yes. Somehow I imagine this whole BRT could have been, like, cost-effective if they'd just built a bus with nice stops. Or if they just hadn't and ran it at 10-minute frequencies because the travel time improvements from Route 603 are very marginal. W was this before uh, <laughs> UVX? No, this, this is... This is still before UVX. Okay, oh, so UVX is not finished yet. So, time. besides cost, there was not a good reason to start on a BRT project? I mean... They're not really, it was just cost. Because the just main, they've already known how to we had build streetcars. We had the Magna Express, which was very imperatively not a BRT and just an express bus. It was an improved bus. So no, it was just an express service on Route 35. Well, they did, like, actual street improvements, too, like Q-slips and For, like, fancy stops. one mile. It's an improvement. So instead of using the knowledge we had and the people we had who already knew how to build rails... Yes. We decided to just change it up yeah. because of cost. So it's oh, not like a BRT makes sense okay, so in the grand scheme of things. That's it's great. Like they're just trying Ogden's to cut it down long the term, Ogden's long-term vision for the corridor is to eventually replace the BRT with a streetcar. But get this, on the 30th street alignment, because it's still better. Hey, but why build it once, right? <laughs> when you can build it 50 times. Yeah. yeah, why build it once when you can build it twice? That's the, like, American way. At least way. twice, mm -hmm. at least. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you got to do phased construction, too. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, UT and the city switched to a BRT project in the mid-20-teens, and construction began on OGX in 2021 as soon as it re received its name, which stands for Ogden Express, if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> uh, construction on the WSU, Weber State University, segment was completed in 2022, and the Wildcat Shuttle 
uh, precursor line operating only on campus has been operating as Route 602 since last fall. Substantial work was completed in early June of this year. Driver training will begin early in July, and the grand opening is planned for August 2nd, which you guys, if you can, will be going to, because I will be out of town. Nerd. Yeah, sorry. You can probably make it. Okay, if you can, I'd appreciate it, because I want to, you know... Do the thing. Get footage. I I think I'm going to be able to get you a press pass, maybe. Ooh. I I know I'm already thinking about the thumbnail for this video. I'd love <laughs> to get the OGX stop mm. in front of the high school. I love that high school. That would be very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Us as the liberal news media. So, <laughs> let's talk about why OGX sucks, shall we? Oh, please. Number one, cost-benefit ratio. What are we getting out of this line versus what it costs? OGX's total project budget is $130 million, which, it should be noted, is a simply enormous cost overrun from what was initially planned. Okay. What was the original plan? So, the initial estimates in, like, 2015 were for the 25th Street BRT option to cost between $40 and $56 million. Right. You know the right. cost benefits would be a lot uh-huh. more, a lot okay. different if they hit that. that that's a uh, that's not a, that's not not a small overrun, is it? That is not that's a small um, that is not a small change in price. I, I we shouldn't call it a project. We shouldn't call it an overrun, but it sh- is a change in price. Uh, how much? So given that the original streetcar line, the twenty fifth Street streetcar line, would have cost two hundred and twenty million dollars to construct. Um, you can see how kind of, you know, 40 to $50 million might compare very favorably against that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even with, like, you know, it being less infrastructure and less, you know, dedicated infrastructure for that matter as well. But looks at more than half of the, uh, you know, at this cost, at $130 million to $220 million, that's a much less you know, salient kind of cost difference for the infrastructure difference. So why were they so off? Just because of cost snake? Or? We'll get into it because OGX is not a but is not a transit project. Oh. I will reiterate, yeah. I like this change of price way of talking about this because we really don't care that much that it's an overrun. We mostly well, care how much did it cost. Period. I do. I mean, it matters, but not as much as how much did it cost. I think it... it like, having an overrun is poor project management. This is the well, first we, we live ever in, overrun in UTA history. Oh, uh, yeah, that's And true. we live in a red state, and stuff like that yeah, can get pointed important. at and be a pretty good argument for a lot of taxpayers. Yes. Yeah. So that's... that's Well, that much, that's... Yes. Um, $30 million. And um, the bad part of this is that they spent... So, so UVX, right, is our currently operating bus rapid transit line here in Utah. Yes, it's it about is. 11 miles long. Most of that is in dedicated lanes. It is very fast. And honestly, I'm a fan even though I don't particularly agree with that particular typology of rapid bus. And even if you're not a fan, it pulls huge ridership. Yeah, it's very good ridership, although that may be more of a function of the fact that it runs every six minutes than that it is a specifically 
you know, bus rapid transit service, it given that it runs free. on high-speed arterials already. Yeah, but nonetheless, we got... And it's free. But nonetheless, we got pretty good ROI out of the project. Sure. I will admit fully, even if I think it probably would have been better as something else... Not well, saying U- what. <laughs> UVX is a good project. And it cost $160 million for 11 miles, almost fully dedicated lanes, yada, yada, yada. Right? Good project. I don't think it's almost fully, but it's certainly mostly. It is almost fully. What, what Everything the... except the section between uh, Orem Central and UVU and around um, around Brigham Young is yeah, dedicated lanes. that checks out. So what, what was the cost projection for that project? It was $160 million. See, what is, is that how so a budget works? We're talking, <laughs> so for context, per mile of like dedicated guideway, we're talking like $15 million on UVX. Yeah. Okay. Give or take. Pretty decent, right? Now, I've heard worse. First of all, U- OGX is less than half of the length of UVX. It is 5.1 miles versus roughly 11 miles. And worse mm. yet, it only has a mile and a half of dedicated lanes. A mile and a half? Yeah, a so less half. than half of the total route length is covered by dedicated lanes. And yet, it only costs $30 million less than UVX, which is better in every way. And the math is not mathing right the now, The math is, is not mathing. And, and I believe that Kyle and I... Uh, figured out that the uh, cost per mile of like actual dedicated lane is like $80 million. $80 million per mile of paint. I mean, if we want to be generous, that's we could pay it at 50 or $60 million, but that's still uh, completely no, unreasonable. Well, you got to like dig up the road elsewhere for fun. Yeah, for fun. Because... <laughs> yeah. So... Why does it... Oh, and all of this for only a very marginal uh, time improvement on Route 603. Yeah, what are their projected uh, travel time improvements? 18 to 20 minutes. uh, 603 does it currently in 19 to 23 minutes. What? So it's like at best... It's at best like shaving four to five minutes Is it like... I would, I, w- I was going to suggest it might be substantially more reliable, but there's barely any dedicated lanes, so what does it matter? And it would be higher capacity if, like UVX, it used articulated buses. buses, but it's using regular 40-foot electric buses instead. Which we have long been advocates of being able to run standard buses on your improved bus corridor. Oh, but it gets better because to accommodate those standard 40-foot buses, UTA has decided to do contraflow running on bus lane sections so that the regular 40-foot buses can use island platforms. One street, Van Ness in San Francisco. So they will run the opposite direction of traffic on the wrong side of the street. do what Van Ness (laughs) (laughs) They're going to do this on the Mid-Valley Connector, too. Yes, they are. Because they are obsessed with not doing side platforms, even though there's a very good, like... Van Ness in San Francisco does set to running bus lanes. Those platforms are not good for UTA because UTA likes wider platforms than that for ADA purposes. But I will submit to you the Interstate Avenue Max 
in Portland, which simply staggers its side platforms on opposite sides of the intersection so it can do island platform level of space with side platform level of I believe Van Ness goodness. also does that. They just half-ass the platforms. Yeah, the platforms are just small because San Francisco streets are very narrow and you would have had to take away <laughs> another lane of traffic to Ooh. get decent platforms in, in there. So, basically, what we have got is an in every way worse project for way more money. With like dubious benefits over just like the bus that was already over there. just increasing frequency on the 603 to every 10 minutes during peak hours. So w- w- <laughs> was this the planned project when they pitched the price? Like no. they planned on only having a mile and a half of dedicated Very lanes? doubtful. When UTA originally decided that it wanted to start doing BRT, it wanted to do them like UVX. Makes sense. Because you can even claim... Lots of bus lane. You can say this is a transit project, could you? No. If it doesn't improve transit. Well, it mm. might marginally improve No, 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 no. Three minutes, that's nothing. Like, we'll have to see what the real numbers are. It could be a bit it better. It could be better or worse. You know, you, it's, have, to, it's, you have to test these things. So there, but there will probably be some probably small Probably doesn't improve it very much, and there's a marginal improvement to frequency that you could have done without spending $130 million. And also, the, the stops are nice. They're not that nice. <laughs> so maybe they should have just spent like 10 or $20 million putting up some nice stops and painting side running bus lanes on Harrison. See, the, the nice thing about the streetcar is you couldn't have half-assed it. No. Yeah, it's physically you, impossible to half-ass yeah. a streetcar. It's still a train. So, so <sighs> we got a project that is in every way worse than UVX for way more money than UVX. And we therefore, we can't realistically expect to perform as well as UVX or provide the sort of return on well, investment. Well, it's going to be UVX free has. for three years. We we should. That does not solve any of the problems. Yeah, it does. Free no. transit will solve all of our problems. Yeah, by making transit free, you make it like actually a better mode of transportation. Obviously, obviously, that's definitely how that works. Um, I'm just. Uh, I, what, why don't we should we should make a well. I, uh, maybe I'll talk about this later. Okay. Yeah. Go later. Um, okay, so ill-designed project. Uh, now let's get to, like, the, the evil part. So as I keep mentioning... Uh, oh, let's let's pull up something. I'll send it in the in the Discord real quick so is you this, guys can see. Is this see. the map? This is... Well, oh, the map doesn't matter. Oh, the cross-section. The cross-section. Oh, they have the cross-section on their, like, public-facing website. You don't even have to dig They're for it. They're proud of it. Why would they be proud of this? This is so bad. And I think we can put this up on screen. So, Alex, make sure you put this up on screen. Okay. I'll send it to you yeah, guys. Yeah, send it over. Put it in the document if you want it on screen, if you will. Oh, that's better, actually. Yeah, that's true. Thank you. So, we're going to put it here. So, uh, in the process of Ooh. creating <laughs> this new thing, Harrison Boulevard has been, uh, to put it politely, enormously embiggened. So it was, you know, previously like... A five-lane, I think? A five-lane arterial. And now, at the intersections where there are OGX platforms, it is as many as ten lanes wide. UTA, you're a transit agency. Ten lanes. Uh, Not to mention the ass-awful curb-tight sidewalks. And I'll ask Ollie if we can use his picture here as well, because he has a really good picture of this that he took. Wait, wait. So, 
But but let's here's here's some before and after pictures taken by our good friend Ollie, who is okay. a guy who works at UTA. This thank you. This is the before image. Oh, hold on. It's okay. a pretty a, bog standard five lane arterial. That's that's a reasonable street. I'm, I'll, I'll okay, you before you switch, in an ideal world, I would be expecting the same before and after that we're getting on Second South and Salt Lake, which is the street is like you replace one the lane same with buses. Yeah, and then you put some cool platforms. Hey, show me the money. <sighs> What the? <laughs> this is like worse than any real world intersection. Wait, wait, I've wait, ever wait, seen. wait, hold on. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, wait, wait. Ten wait, lanes. Wait, wait, so the the buffer for the BRT, it's not even a physical buffer. No, it's just paint. It's just paint. There's not it's enough paint. clearance. It's there's not a, a there's a rubber. Buffer, you have to add there's more a space. rubber strip in the middle to keep people from turning across it, though. Great. Wait. Unlike on UVX, okay. where I believe there is an actual concrete buffer the entire distance. <laughs> how, how much of the one and a half miles is this? Most of it. I mean, obviously not at intersections. Okay, so it won't be as and, wide. And as you can see, so the buses will run normally in this section, and then they will cross over to run contraflow uh, into the stations. I'll ask him if we can use this picture. Please, yeah. We, we Dude, show also this. imagine driving that. So this, this I, I've driven this before on a, in a car, and it's terrible. And now it is, um, yeah, 10 lanes wide at the widest place. Wait, so what? It's just a roads project, isn't it? This is it's just a highway. It's not a transit because, project. Because it, it does not improve anyone's quality of life, does it? Well, it might marginally improve quality of life for some people riding uh, OGX. And then I will, will say there will be marginal improvements. And then it will make quality of life worse for people living like around this, this road. And pedestrians. Well, yeah, the pedestrian experience is going to get way worse, which that is funny. This is not what you're supposed to do on transit projects. You're supposed so, to basically, uh, this is a highway project that is, so So here's my new theory on, on BRT projects and in Utah. We are deriving this theory also from the Mid-Valley Connector Project, also and by And the South Davis Corridor Project, oh, which will be doing the same thing. And the FX2 in Portland, which did the same thing, except without any bus lanes. Um, <laughs> every single recent BRT project that I have seen that is a quote, that is actually meant, that's like, this is a BRT project and not just like a bus improvement project or whatever, is just a, a way for highway agencies to get federal transit funding and use it to improve roads. That's it. Yeah. I, d I don't think you can argue against that too well, to be honest. Like, I think that's... You just look at it, and it's, it's difficult to disagree. We are looking at the literal pictures. They are doing a road widening. Yeah, it's just a road widening. It's, a, like it's a, an intersection improvement and road widening project. You, intersection flaring. It just improvements of the stretch. Well, it'll improve traffic flow. It will increase mobility is UDOT's favorite. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> increasing mobility. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. You already had the bus. You already had. I would simply have spent, the, if you're going to do this, just simply spend a couple million dollars on making stops a little bit better and then run the bus every 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you really. Voila, you have the same outcome without spending $130 million of transit money on a road project. And if you really, 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 really want bus lanes, just do paint. Yes. Oh, and they also, you know, repaved all of the roads that the bus will run on. 
because we're siphoning away all these transit dollars for road improvements. Just, oh so yeah, it's it's very bad. <sighs> it's worse than I thought it was. I'll tell you that. Um, and I have written down here as a conclusion, quote, something, something, highway agencies co-opting co transit projects to expand roads, something, something. It is happening everywhere. FX2 in Portland, Mid Valley Connector, South Davis Connector, and just about everywhere else it is doing BRT projects these days. So maybe stop. If you're going to build a rapid bus, do it in a way that is not stupid and takes advantage of the advantages of buses rather than trying to make a light rail line out of a bus or something. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. This OGX project is like all of the disadvantages of, disadvantages of a bus combined with all the disadvantages of median running light rail. Yes. I, I don't understand. Combined it. with all the disadvantages of street running light rail. Yes. Why would UTA even go for a project like this? Like, what? what the board was, What does this serve? The board was replaced, and now that we have a disproportional influence in smaller areas with less transit ridership, you will notice that there are more projects in those areas. UVX, OGX. The Mid-Valley Connector. The whatever well, the other one Mid-Valley Connector is in Salt Lake County. Oh, yeah, true. So we're, we're seeing more projects that maybe shouldn't exist happening in places because those places have been sort of left out by past transit expansions. We just discussed the ulterior non-transit mode of like these $130 million, they're still investments Yeah, and also UDOT has a lot more power over UTA than it used to. What? It just, it's such a colossal waste of money. Yes. Why wouldn't you just improve service elsewhere to improve ridership and get more money to actually do good projects. That's funny. Why don't you just like... Why would you do that oh, yeah, when sorry, you sorry. Yeah. <laughs> This is easier. This yeah, is this much is more easier. efficient. Yeah. And you can cut a ribbon on it as well. You can cut a ribbon. Again, I think we should normalize ribbon cutting ceremonies. You can cut a ribbon on like, the LA like, yeah. wave Why don't we have a 200 stops. South ribbon cutting? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to put the sombritas in. And <laughs> you can cut a ribbon on that. <laughs> I I think if people want their pictures for with like projects, just like do it for cool stuff. Dude, hey, but at least it will be battery electric buses. Alex is flailing angrily. Ah uh, yes, the dedicated alignment we spent hundred and thirty million dollars on. We can't afford goddamn overhead wires. Yes. <laughs> like, I know we don't have the climate of San Francisco or the maintenance department of Muni, but for $130 million okay. for five miles, you can do whatever okay. the hell you counterpoint, want. Moscow, Russia, who extensively uses both trolley buses and trams in the worst climate on Earth. All right, you win. <laughs> I concede my, my previous point. I was Seattle, wrong. Vancouver. Vancouver does it well. All right, you're right. There is no climatic op Boston. There is no climatic <laughs> well, not anymore. Uh, there is no climatic obstacle to trolley buses, or at least one that none that is insurmountable or like so, negates their benefits. So anyway, OGX is a bad project. I'm still excited for it to open. <laughs> That's all I really got to say. I don't. I don't think I'm too excited to be honest. I, it'll be cool. It's nice to have something new, even if it sucks. <sighs> 
is it, is Even it if it's objectively it a waste of money with few benefits, it's really just a road is biking it, project. It's light rail on rubber tires, no, okay? It, yeah, it's fully grade stuff rated, and <laughs> the stops are really nice, and people ride it, and... Grade differentiated. No, that's the that's the actual term for street median running light rail is grade differentiation. You yeah, have a physical fair. barrier between anyway. That sounds funny though. So, yeah, that's OGX um, patrons. Thank you for com- <laughs> pay us to complain about OGX yeah, and being in actual physical pain. Yeah. It's it's not great, guys. I'm, I just I have been not frustrated great, with this project that. since I learned it was happening. Yeah, I can't blame you. I would simply just make the stops nicer and run more damn buses. <sighs> Could also like directly solve car traffic too. The, 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 the simply ban all cars. Uh, <laughs> That's a great way to solve car traffic, if you believe it. I mean, I was thinking charge for parking and toll the interstates, but, you know. So People will kill you if you charge for At um, Super Duper Base Tunnel to Logan Electrified Front Runner Tier, we have Zach Adams, $69.69 a month. Woohoo! Yay. It's, it's, a, it's a Zach Adams. Uh, Very good. Uh, at regular front runner tier, ten dollars a month, we have Curtis Herring, Devin Zander, Mike Christensen, and Phobos twenty three ninety or two three nine zero, depending on how I'm feeling this day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. Yeah, our five dollar tier, the red line tier, we have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, DJ, Hi Will, Watkins, Generic GT, Jacob White Cotton, Reluctant LA Resident. Robert P Walsh and Scott Harris. You guys are crazy. You're a chance. Yeah. I love my red line to you. Yeah. We still don't have any green lines. We do. Yeah, we do. <gasps> we do? I know. Yeah, let's do, let's do blue line first. Oh, I'm doing the green line. <laughs> um, blue line tier, we have Alex Dykelski, Ben Busath, Bradley Bondi, Elijah Kensler, Ethan McDonald, Evelyn, G4, Gonzo12, Jack Dean, John Heron Gorman, Martin Hacker Martinez, Matt Gray, Old Trolley, and Seth. Thanks. And finally, after... Two years of podcasting? Three? Close. Close, Close to, to two. two years Close of podcasting and patrons. On our Green Line train to the Salt Lake City International Airport, we, we have, have Patrick Salas, previously a, I don't know. Some, a something. Blue, blue Line. Oh, yeah. okay. Or yeah. something. It doesn't matter. We're glad you're a Green Line Hashtag here. not it's like <laughs> other supporters. Sign up. <laughs> For Patreon, at $5 a month, you get early access to episodes, which we actually post now. A Patreon-exclusive episode almost every month, (laughs) as well as access to our Discord and stickers. And we're going to be doing more Patreon stuff soon, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah, and keep in mind, the green line tier, well, the green line, goes to the Department of Natural Resources Map and Bookstore. It does, which is brilliant. One of the best places to go if you're in some Brilliant store. Yeah. I own several of them. So, yeah. I'm, I'm very sad. Yeah. Thanks, patrons, for listening. Everyone else, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube and to leave us a rating on iTunes or Spotify. You can find us at www.trlpod.com for all your tri- the Redline podcast needs, including <laughs> merch. This is true. Yeah. Uh, anything else we need to plug? Oh, video idea. Uh, ride the bus that's going to be the uh, OGX. 
with a stopwatch <laughs> before before it oh becomes Oh my GX. god, we should and do then that then you guys well I can't. I will be in San Francisco, California. Well we um, gotta do it before it turns into OGX. Like no, so and it's gonna open on August second. So if you guys have time on the night of August first to go up what, what yeah, day I get of the my week train on August first. That is a when Tuesday? So basically we would just want to record it, stopwatch just the whole time, just getting on, sitting on the bus, yeah. just let it run. And then the next day, same time, get same on, time day, yeah. see what improvement it is. Maybe do it a little more artful than that. Maybe include like footage from the opening ceremonies. Oh, and oh, stuff. yeah. And don't, no, don't, th- don't just let the stopwatch run. Like, do. I know, we, we could cut between and make. So, uh, yeah, may- no, that'd be a good video. Yeah, but that, that's an idea, and just okay. see, we can get footage of yeah everything happening, and yeah. it could be fun. What what day of the week is that? So, August, I don't have a calendar on me uh, at the moment. What, what day I is believe it? August 2nd, the grand opening day, is a Wednesday. August 1st is a Tuesday. Uh, yep, that's correct. Oh, I was right. I forgot I could just open a calendar. And I could well,